0: Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. This Thursday is Thanksgiving here in the United States. It's a holiday dedicated to gratitude and one in which we often trot out expressions of thankfulness. But how much is gratitude a part of our lives the other 364 days of the year? And even when we do think about gratitude at other times, does it admittedly often take a fairly superficial and fleeting form? Well, on today's show, we're exploring the deeper, harder side of gratitude with my guest, Dr. Robert Emmons. Robert is a bona fide expert in his field, professor, of psychology at the University of California, Davis, who pioneered much of the research on the science of gratitude. Robert explains what gratitude is, its benefits, and how to cultivate more of it in our lives. He also shares why much of the content out there about gratitude is what he calls gratitude light. And he makes the case that we need to see gratitude as the ancients saw it, as a human virtue that requires a lifetime of intentional cultivation. We then explore the myths of gratitude out there, like the idea that counting your blessings can make you complacent. And we end our show with some suggestions on how you can nurture your gratitude daily, including some specific ideas ideas to try out on Thanksgiving. After the show's over, check out our show notes at aom.is gratitude, where you can find links to resources, where We can delve deeper into this topic. All right, Robert Emmons, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. It's great to be with you today.
0: So you are a professor of psychology but your expertise is on gratitude. This is interesting because I never heard of a professor of gratitude until I came across your work. What got you interested in studying gratitude? Was there some you know event that happened in your life that drew you to that subject?
1: Well, thank you. That's a great question. It's not too many of us that do this. There's a few more now than there were back 20 years ago when I first started. And it's a very interesting story. And I won't tell the whole thing because that'll take up all of our time. But what got me in literally was that this was an assignment. I was actually asked or invited to to study gratitude. I was going to a conference that some uh, folks were arranging and one of the topics that they wanted to discuss at this conference was gratitude. And they said, okay, we don't have an expert. We need someone to go out there and, and figure out and to Canvas the research literature and come and tell us, what do we know about gratitude? Well, it turned out that we didn't know anything about it because there was no research on the topic. So I began conducting research right away. And it was awesome because, you know, it's um, it's not often you can actually find something that's been totally ignored or forgotten. And for a long time, I was referring to gratitude as the forgotten factor in uh, happiness research and in psychology more generally, and so I set about to try to change that. And it was really the best assignment I was ever given, and and still working on it today, twenty years later. You know, normally we choose what we want to study, but it seems like in this case that gratitude chose me.
0: Well, here's an interesting question: Why had it been ignored for so long? Because I mean, gratitude's such a important part of human existence, right?
1: Well, it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, it goes so way back there, the ideas, what people have said about it. I mean, we can go back, you know, Couple thousand years. I mean, for centuries, uh, philosophers and and others who were around and writing about the human condition would say things like gratitude is, is the greatest of the virtues. You know, it, it's the it's the secret to life. And I think probably because it had, was so associated with either philosophy or maybe religion and spirituality that psychology tended to overlook it, or it could be it just was underestimated. You know, I think sometimes we think it's very simple. It's just, it's just saying thank you. And it's just a matter of politeness or manners or civility. And there's. Really, not much more interesting to it than that. It it turns out that that's totally
0: wrong. Or that raises the next question. Okay. So, gratitude in your work is, you say, is more than just saying thank you. Yes. So, how exactly do you define gratitude?
1: Yeah. So, I like to make a distinction because I'm a psychologist and I I traffic in the arena of ideas and definitions. You know, we tend to muddy the waters very, very quickly and very easily. And so, I don't like to disappoint. And so, the way I think about gratitude and define it is that I think it, it comes about as, in terms of two steps or two stages of what I call information processing. So how, how it makes sense out of life. One is that we see some good things in life. We see goodness around us. Maybe we see goodness in us, in other people. And so we affirm that there are some good things. There are some benefits or blessings or gifts, whatever language you feel comfortable using. So one is just, is just affirming or acknowledging there are good things in my life. And then the second step or second stage is recognizing that the source of this goodness is outside of us, right? And that, that's so important, it, it's so crucial, it makes all the difference seeing that th- this good thing is is out there, but it's being given to us for our benefit. It's nothing we did to create it, to make it happen, right? So gratitude comes to us, it's not created bias. It's, it's received. It's not achieved, as, as I've said. And, and that makes all the difference, just this, this, this slight tweaking of how we think about it. So basically, two words, affirmation and recognition of this goodness.
0: And is gratitude, would you decide, is it a feeling? Like once you, you recognize and affirm, like do you yes. feel something?
1: Well, that's part of the complexity of it. See, we just started our discussion and already we we see there's so many distinctions and layers and levels to it. It's actually, it's a a feeling, it's it's certainly an emotion, uh, but it's based on thinking. So if we think a certain way, we, we have this feeling. If we see that other people are doing something for us, for example, providing us with a gift, a benefit, a kindness, a favor, that you know we couldn't necessarily provide for ourselves or it was surprising. We know that they intended to benefit us, maybe at some cost, time, effort, whatever to themselves. Then gratitude is the feeling that we have that results from this awareness or this perception of this other person providing us with this benefit. So you're right, it's an emotion, it's a feeling, but it's based on thought
0: and it sounds like it's add to the complexity of gratitude that it also requires humility because you have to recognize that. You can't do everything for yourself.
1: Beautiful. I mean, humility is really the the foundation. I think this just sensing incompleteness, right? Sensing imperfection, sensing that we are dependent upon others for who we are, where we are in life. I mean, it it's really that I think that begins with that fundamental awareness.
0: So one thing that's interesting, you know, as you said, twenty years ago, people weren't really talking about gratitude in psychology, but thanks to your research. You know, there's been lots of talk on blogs and books, Oprah, you know, like gratitude journals and the like in pop culture. But you note in your book that, you know, a lot of this attention takes form of what you call gratitude light. So what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. You know, it seemed to me when I began studying this and and reading some of the uh, articles, more popular Sources treatments of gratitude are so divorced from the traditional conceptions of gratitude as a virtue. So uh, let me find out what I mean by that. First, that gratitude would often be reduced to a to a, to a tactic or to a strategy for becoming happier right, or becoming healthier, or for living one's best life now. And it's true that the practice of gratitude certainly does have consequences and implications for happiness, for joy, for satisfaction, contentment, all, all the sorts of things we seem to want out of life. But just to reduce it to that, seem to to really cheapen it, I think, to result in this, what I call this gratitude light, ally. L-I- te it seems that to me gratitude is more of a virtue it really says something fundamental about who we are and and has implications for how we should live our lives right what we should do and who we should be how we should live that and this is this is the language of virtue right It's, it's what makes life better for ourselves as well as for others and so just to reduce it to a to a set of, you know, five ways to become happier, and here's one of them. Uh, list your blessings, right? Or count your blessings. Do a, li- do a little gratitude on the side. That may or may not work. Certainly, it could work in the short term, but it, it, I think it, it lessens the value. It doesn't do justice to the complexity of gratitude.
0: Right. You, you turn gratitude in a selfish thing, right? It's like, I'm doing this for me. I'm not saying That's think- right.
1: You're totally focused on how you're doing, what's your personal gain in this, and it, it just just really distorts the meaning of it, which is really about the other person, right? It's really about Noticing, it's also about giving back the good that you've received. So we know there's this link between receiving and then giving back or paying forward the good that you've received and been provided. And if, it, if the focus is totally on the self, it it reduces it again to this tactic or this strategy.
0: So it sounds like okay, you do you you're grateful like at any virtue, right? We're going back to Aristotle here. You do the right. virtue for the sake of virtue, right. and if you're happy, that's just a That's just a byproduct.
1: It's a byproduct. It, it, it's it's a, a side effect. You know, and sometimes we, we're grateful and it doesn't make us happy. We're, we're grateful because we know it's the right thing to do. We know it's good to give credit, to thank people who have helped us, uh, who, who are bringing benefit and, and value to the world. It, it's the right thing to do. It's, you know, I guess it's part of a larger virtue, maybe justice or something like that. Right. And, and we know the opposite of gratitude is certainly a, a, a tremendously negative vice. That is ingratitude, right? It's one of the worst things that people can say about you that, that you're ungrateful. So. Gratitude is a virtue for sure, but ingratitude is an accusation, right? And it seems to me that if we don't choose gratitude by by default, we're choosing ingratitude.
0: So as you've been talking, I've noticed you've been talking about being grateful to someone, person, but I mean, some things we have, like just existence itself can't be attributed to a single person, right? It could be, I mean, some people say it's God or there's evil. It's just like, well, it's just universe. So what about, how do you, how do you, can you express gratitude for things like that? Like, oh, the sky is beautiful or whatever.
1: Absolutely. Because you're, you're seeing value. So it does, it does fit the definition in in the sense, in in a broad sense, that you're seeing goodness, you're affirming that there are good things in life, whether it's, you know, life itself, whether it's the sky, a beautiful sunset, whether it's uh, freedom and a democracy. I mean, the list goes on and on and people write these sorts of things down when they're asked to keep a a journal of what they're grateful for, but also they realize at the same time, we realize you and me that, you know, we didn't do anything to bring this about, right? We did nothing to create the, you know, the sunset or the blue sky or life itself. And, and so we, we see, we recognize that this is beyond our, our, ourselves. And so there is a difference technically, I mean, philosophically between gratitude to someone and gratitude for something. But it turns out they they tend to work the same way when it comes to, you know, enhancing our life and making our lives better in various ways.
0: Because it requires that you have to be humble, realize things are there outside of yourself that you have. That's right. So what are some of the myths that are out there about gratitude that you've seen pop up in the past few years?
1: Yeah, um, I'd say one of the big ones is that gratitude makes us complacent. Or, or actually lazy. I guess maybe a better way to phrase that is that gratitude undercuts ambition. You know, so so the idea is that you know if we're grateful for something, it means we're, we're satisfied, we're complacent, we're not going to you know give any effort anymore. We just say you know I'm happy with what I have or what my situation is in, in life, and that's it, right? I'm not going to uh, be motivated to do anything. Just going to sit around, right? Lethargic, passive, maybe. It turns out totally false, right? I mean, it, it couldn't be more false. There's a number of studies showing that gratitude actually motivates us to do more. It inspires us. It's energizing, right? That that It's an engine for progress, as one author said. And so um, that's one of the big myths. And, and so we can show that that's really false. It, it actually leads to the opposite. It leads a person to be more inspired, to give back, to be generous, to be more successful in achieving their goals, purpose and gratitude go together. So a grateful person is purpose driven, they feel more energetic, more enthusiastic, they go out there and they're just more determined. And other people want to help them out because their relationships are stronger, more connected, their relationships are, are strengthened through expressing gratitude. And so many times, of course, we need people to help us achieve our goals and gratitude can be a very, you know, facilitative uh, force in that toward that purpose.
0: Yeah. We just had a podcast guest on talking about leadership in any organization. Mm. And he said, you know, one, we talked about how most people, they leave a job, not because they're not getting paid enough. Typically they leave, they just don't feel like they're appreciated. And he, he just, he's making the point that what people want most often is like they want to be noticed and needed and saying, thank you. Seems like that's one way to, I don't know, encourage people to work harder and and for you to work harder as well.
1: Yes, exactly. You know, I, it's one of the reasons why sometimes it's, I think, not as expressed as often as it could be in organizational settings and in workplaces is because the belief that if I thank, you know, my employees, they're going to be more satisfied or complacent and not not try as hard lose their edge and i, I mean i don't know where that can, comes from that idea because it is it's totally false and it's false in everyday life and it's a uh, little research that we know that's relevant to that uh, also shows that it's you know gratitude is is energized it's inspiring all right if, if someone thanks you if you, you get thanked around the house for doing an errand or a project or a chore or whatever i mean you can be more likely to do it the next time right. so uh, it just it seems to me to be very common
0: so, besides gratitude causing you to lose your edge, any other myths that you've seen out there?
1: Yeah, I, I think one of the ones that is, is sometimes is kind of festers under the surface is that you know gratitude is all fine and well when life is going well, when life is full of you know victories and success and benefits, and our relationships are firing on all cylinders, we're healthy, kids are doing well, right, successful, and so on. That that's when gratitude is okay. That's when it's, you know, strongest. So that's where it has its potential. But uh, it turns out that gratitude is also very, very beneficial. In fact, even be, maybe more important during difficult times, times of stress and struggle and trial and tribulation, you know, in, in the face of suffering, gratitude can be beneficial. Not, not that you're grateful for these circumstances, right? I mean, you lose stuff. I mean, we're going through very terrible time, you know, in California right now with wildfires and nobody's grateful that they've lost everything. But 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 sometimes rising from the ashes is is a feeling of thankfulness that, you know, we still have, you know, our family, we have opportunities, you know, we have possibilities. And so we often see that people will choose gratitude as an attitude in difficult times. It helps them get through these times. It's a it's I think an aspect of resiliency that that fuels and, and fires hope in a person's life. So that would be, I think, another myth that you can't be grateful going through difficult times. Well, we know every day in every way that people are grateful, even though they face big challenges in life.
0: Yeah, that really hit home home to me because I've known in my life when I've had really hard times, I'm not. I'm not grateful that I'm going through that hard, specific hard time. But what I am grateful for are you know the people who come to my aid and comfort me and my you know my family that, during that hard. That like yeah, you become more attuned and aware of that whenever you are. It makes it more acute the gratitude. Well,
1: I think it goes back to <clears throat> what you said earlier about humility is that it forces us to become more dependent upon others. We we realize in this situation that that we can't do it by ourselves. We we can't go at it alone. And uh, again, when life is going well, you, you can live under this illusion of you know, self-sufficiency and autonomy. But then, you know, when a life goes off the deep end, we get to the end of the rope. That's when we realize how much we depend upon other people. And that you know, sets the stage for the feeling of gratitude.
0: So we've been talking about that we're not grateful. We don't uh, exercise the virtue of gratitude just so we can feel better. But there are some happy you know, side effects of working on the virtue of gratitude. So what are some of those Happy side effects of gratitude.
1: Yeah, so you know, right from the start, I mean, that was the very first research project that I did was to <clears throat> ask people to uh, keep a gratitude journal, write down things that they were grateful for on a regular basis, and it seemed to me that the, the the philosophical literature and other writings, spiritual writings, suggested there's a link between a grateful focus and higher overall emotional functioning, and so we found that we found that when people were were in this gratitude focus condition that is kind of bringing it to awareness and, and calling their attention to it. Their lives just improved many ways. Emotionally, they, they, you know, they became happier, more joyful, they became more energetic, they became more attentive. It really it brought a new lease to their lives is what, is what people reported. Relationally, we found that people, when they were practicing gratitude, they felt closer, more connected to others, less lonely, less isolated. Emotionally, we found that they experienced less stress, less depression, less anxiety. So while gratitude was magnifying the good in their lives, it was also reducing, or I like to say it's rescuing us from the bad, from the negativity, from anxiety, from a sense of entitlement, a sense of resentment. So all those things which rob us of our happiness, gratitude works in both directions, amplifying or pumping up the good, and then reducing or rescuing us from the negative, and then third, improving and strengthening our relationships because gratitude really is an other other focused emotion. It makes our relationships stronger, more connected. It, it, it helps them. It keeps them from uh, sputtering and clonking out, you know, our relationships. And I think that's where really where gratitude has its Biggest effect, where you really see the power and potential of gratitude, is in the connective or or relational aspect of life.
0: Yeah, I thought the the research on depression and anxiety was particularly interesting. You know, some of the the research shows, like I mean, just exercising gratitude on a daily or weekly basis can have a profound impact on reducing feelings of depression and anxiety?
1: I mean, it's really protective in that sense. You know, I mean, I think it's really a simple incompatibility idea with different feelings that are really opposites. I mean, you, you can't really be depressed and grateful at the same You can't time. Depre- you can't be anxious and grateful at the same time. One of my uh, gratitude heroes and, and mentors, he said that we're never more than one grateful thought away from peace of heart, right, kind of calmness, contentment, Right. When he also said uh, the same person also said that gratitude makes us fearless. Right. Gratefulness and fearlessness. You can't be. See, when you when you look at life through a lens of gratitude, you tend to focus on on things like abundance and uh, safety, surplus, sufficiency, overflow. You think of all of these terms which are more or less you know synonyms for each other or that they share a same conceptual space. It's just calming to see life that way. Whereas if you focus more on a posture of, you know, insufficiency, deficit, insecurity, right? I mean, that generates feelings of anxiety and possibly, you know, depression if you believe that your situation is going to stay like that in the future. So I think there's just, we're just really starting to learn ways in which gratitude rescues us from conditions like depression and anxiety.
0: We're going to take a quick break for your word from our sponsors. And now back to the show. And then as you mentioned, it reduces stress, which not only affects you psychologically, but physiologically as well too. So expressing you know, gratitude on a regular basis can make you healthier.
1: Well, I mean, some of the most amazing findings with respect to gratitude are exactly in that realm of physiology, in the medical benefits that research is showing that gratitude is good medicine. It's really amazing. That's what you know, really struck me right from the beginning was that the practice of gratitude reaps benefits physiologically from things like just health behaviors, like you know, sleeping better, for example. We all need more sleep, right? We're all sleep deprived. And there's about eight good solid studies linking better sleep quality and quantity to gratitude. Gratitude motivates people to exercise more. It, it reduces their blood pressure. It increases healthy cholesterol, right? I mean, it's amazing that, that something seemingly as simple And under the radar, gratitude can have so many health benefits and now the the latest generation of researchers is trying to unpack this at at a more molecular level, looking at clinical biomarkers of health and aging, things like uh, inflammation, for example, things like the the length of your telomeres in your chromosomes, which is related to aging. So I think we'll uncover more and more ways in the next five to ten years showing that gratitude affects health through some of these physiological mechanisms.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. But again to reiterate like you you don't you're not you shouldn't be grateful just so you can get these side effects. It's like I think Victor Frankl said something like if you make happiness your target like you're going to miss all the time, <laughs> right? So That's
1: right. Uh, happiness, uh, happiness pursued eludes, right? But right. if you don't, I can't remember the rest of the saying, but if you, if you go for it uh, indirectly, then you'll be more successful at it. And I think that's the way it is with, even with gratitude itself, you know, can you actually go directly at gratitude? And I'm not so sure. Uh, lately, I, I'm thinking it's more like happiness, right? Because if we go for it directly, we go back to where we were at the beginning, talking about it as this approach that you know is all focused on me and how am I doing, right? Am I more grateful than I was yesterday? Am I more grateful than the person next door or the person you know in the bed next to me? And we start to engage in this comparison process, which can be very deadly for our happiness. And so, if we focus on gratitude, it takes our focus off of ourselves, not how we're doing, but really how other people have helped us out, right? It's I, I talk about. How gratitude as a, as a checklist form of, of happiness or to do list. I'm going to put on my list today. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take five minutes. I'm going to count my blessings and then that's it. Boom. I can check that off. I've done that task for the day and I just don't think it's that accurate or, or that effective. It has to be really more integrated into everyday life. It can't be something that we just add on or tack on because it's it's really not an app that we can add on It's an entirely new operating system I've written about that and I, I think that really seems to seems to mesh with the psychological and medical
0: research. So yeah, it sounds like gratitude is a mindset like you have to have a more open and aware mindset so that you notice, things that you can be grateful for when they do pop up instead of that. So you, if you're just like narrowed focus and trying to look for it, you're probably going to miss things that you otherwise would have saw if you had a more open focus.
1: Well, you'll miss them or, or you take them for granted or you think that you, know, you deserve them, right? The, the, the language that we use, right? The internal monologue or dialogue inside it's just so important, right? A good thing can happen and two people could equally notice the good thing, but but one expected it, right? One felt that they deserved it, that they were entitled to it. And the other one said, no, this is, you know, this is above and beyond what I thought I was going to get. This is an example of surplus or abundance. They were surprised by it. And uh, the emotional reaction will be 180 degrees opposite in those two cases
0: so we've been talking about gratitude. So it's, it's a virtue. That's something you practice, like Aristotle said, but it's also a character trait that you develop with yes. you know, practicing the virtue. So, I mean, is gratitude sort of like a temperament or related to temperament, right? Like you know, I guess uh, neuroticism mm-hmm. or the, some of the other ones where they're like, right. some people are born are some people born, I guess the question I'm asking, are some people born more grateful than others?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I mean I think we all have the capacity for it, right? There's a potential for it, like like kindness, for example, right? Or generosity or humility or, or any of these other virtues that are in most people's lists of, you know, basic human virtues. But I think it has to be, you know, flushed out. I think it has to be has to be taught, or it could be caught by having appropriate role models, whether they're parents or teachers or mentors uh, or whoever, and uh, and we we know there's, you know, differences between people and the capacity for gratitude, even within the same family, you know, I mean, I have two sons, and one of them is much more grateful than the other one, we think we did the same thing, you know, treated them, raised them the same way, but they they turn out to be very different, so there, there hasn't been a whole lot of biological studies looking at factors related to heritability with gratitude. It doesn't seem to be quite as as strongly wired in as, as some of these other ones that you mentioned, like extroversion or uh, emotional stability. or But I think, you know, some of these probably change our potential for gratitude. I think it's much easier for an extroverted person and the one who's agreeable and more emotionally stable to be grateful. It tends to go along with those qualities, uh, empathy, you know, humility, as you mentioned, and a person who is more maybe introverted or less agreeable, more prone to, to negative emotionality is going to have a more difficult time. But I think and I think we know this from our research and from the research taking place all around the world, that people can learn gratitude. And many of those who show the most gain in changes in gratitude are the ones who had the most work to do, are the ones who started in the more negative side of the spectrum. And, they, they show the most benefits from a graduate practice. All
0: right, that's good. So it is learnable. You can get better at it. It's a skill that you can develop and acquire.
1: I mean, I wouldn't do this stuff if I thought I would <laughs> learn it. You know, it's, uh, uh, I, w- I would be in some other line of work, right? <laughs> but there, you're right. There is a, there is a dogma in, in psychology, especially. And I was trained in personality psychology 30 years ago, 32 years ago when I got my PhD. And the, and the dogma was that you can't change personality. It's, it's, it's set in stone. You know, it's hardwired in there and can't do much about it. And a person who's extroverted at age eight, it's going to be the same at 18, 38, and 88, right? But now we know that, you know, with some practice, you can move some of these. Dimensions around and gratitude seems to be one of those that is modifiable with with some practice.
0: Well, before we get into tactics, I know we do, I don't like talking about gratitude tactics, but you know things we can do to develop the skill yeah. and the mindset of gratitude. I want to ask this: I want to do the flip side. Mm-hmm. So there was a an essay that we published on our site from 1902, written by this guy named William George mm-hmm. Jordan, and it was called the, "The Courage to Face Ingratitude." So he's talking about when you do kind things or good things for people, we often expect to be thanked for that. But oftentimes, because gratitude is often overlooked, we take things for granted, we don't get thanked. How do you, I mean, I don't know, have you, talk, have you researched that at all? Like, not, not thanking, but being thanked or how to deal with that?
1: I should, uh, I should read that article, first of all. It sounds really interesting. I mean, one of the things i have often notice is that how, how closely, and how carefully we monitor other people's gratitude or lack thereof. You know, it's almost like we 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 painstakingly monitor, we're obsessed by it. And, and, And I know this is true because one of the questions I get asked most frequently when I give lectures and talks to public audiences on gratitude, almost invariably, not quite every every talk, but more so than any other question is, you know, how can I get so and so fill in the blank to be more grateful? oh it's a son it's a daughter it's a teenager it's a spouse it's a coworker like we're obsessed with other people's level of gratitude or in, usually it's ingratitude right and we want to correct them we want to fix them and, and change them and move them and so there's is, there is something about it that it's a signal to us i think in our relationships you know you think about it and i try to think about why are we so obsessed with monitoring other people's levels of gratitude and I, I think it's because it, it, gratitude being a virtue is a signal that this is a this is a good person, right? That this is a person we can trust. This is a person we can rely on. And so we're making these judgments, usually at an unconscious level, on, on a regular basis. And that's one piece of information that we use. Now, closer to home, we want that just because we know it's going to bring rel- relational harmony. Right. If we're living with a person who is, you know, focused on the bad all the time, they're focused on what life is 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 lacking. They're focused on this this other end of the continuum that I mentioned. They're focused more on insufficiency and insecurity and, and a sense of resentment, and entitlement. We know life is going to run more smoothly if they can at least if they can at least move up to the maybe the, a non gratitude point on the scale as opposed to an ingratitude point on the scale. But yeah, we're we're totally fixated on the other person and monitoring that and trying to do something about it.
0: Right. So it sounds like the more grateful you are, the, the more courage you have to face in gratitude. Like well, then be you, okay become, you
1: become a role model too for those right. people around you, right? So instead of, you know, worry about fixing that person, maybe express more gratitude toward that person or for that person because gratitude is a virtue. We know it's more often caught than taught. So there's a few studies looking developmentally with parents and kids and you know They, they find that uh, the best predictor of a child's gratitude is the mother's or the father's gratitude. And then it's the expression of gratitude within the family. So be, becoming a role model and then encouraging gratitude, reinforcing gratitude when you see it in your children is, is some of the best ways in which you can you know, raise a grateful child.
0: So let's talk about things we can do to exercise and develop the virtue of gratitude. So we've been talking about gratitude journals. Does that have to like look like a certain way? Do you, is there a format or is it just you just free write and say, this is what I'm grateful for, yada, yada?
1: Yeah, you know, because so many studies now have been published that gratitude journaling seems to be an entire industry.
0: And, uh, oh yeah, I, you can buy journals that are gratitude journals now.
1: Oh, and now everyone's developing a new one or a new, a new you know kind of twist on it, and so forth. They're developing an app, you know, that you can do gratitude journaling, you know, on, on your phone and and so on. It turns out, you know, it really doesn't matter that much, you know, uh, how you do it, whether you do it, you know, for example. People ask me, well, should I should I journal at the beginning of the day or the end of the day or during the day or whatever else, you know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the, the point is, is that you're doing something to pay attention to gratitude, inspiring events or circumstances in your life. I mean, the journal works because it's, it helps us to remember and to recall and gratitude is, is if nothing else, it's based on memory, right? Benefits, good things we've received. Goodness in life, and, and just becoming focused on that so we don't overlook them, so we don't ignore them or take them for granted. So, you know, a lot of people don't keep the journal at all, but they're some of the most grateful people that I know. It's just become more of a habit for them. It's become more just a way of looking at life, a lens through which they view life. And I mean, that's ultimately, I think, where most people want to get to. That's where I want to get to, why I do this stuff. But what keeps me studying gratitude is because I know I need it. You know, and because I'm forgetful and I have to I have to remember to to practice gratitude every day because every day I forget to practice gratitude because I'm forgetful like like most people if we're honest and, and, and we admit that. So it doesn't really much matter, you know, how you do it, just doing it makes a difference. And it doesn't matter how often. You know, there was a, there was a debate for a while there. If you do it too often, you know, does it wear off? And, and uh, I guess, I mean, if you certainly did it in terms of this to-do list, write down five things, you know, and, and stop and do that, you know, several times a day, it's going to get kind of disruptive and start to feel like a burden. The last thing we want gratitude to do is to be a burden. You know, gratitude should make our life easier and, and, and make it freer and, and make us feel lighter. I think gratitude liberates us in a lot of ways. And, you know, if we see this as drudgery as a to-do list, it's going to have
0: the opposite effect. So gratitude journal, doesn't matter how you do it, can be really useful. I imagine a really, a more powerful way to express gratitude or experience that virtue of gratitude is if the you're grateful towards a person, like actually tell that person how grateful you are.
1: One of the most uh, important studies that was published the last couple of years did actually examine both both a reflection, just the, the, the typical or traditional way I started, just by having people write things they were grateful for, and also had a second condition where they went out and they expressed that gratitude that they wrote about, either through their social media or uh, in person, person-to-person contact. And as you would expect, that, that was more powerful, the, the combination of the private component with the public expression was more powerful than just the private expression. So it makes a lot of sense to me. You know, gratitude is an emotion. An emotion is call for action. There's what psychologists call an action tendency associated with an emotion, right? When we're anger, when we're angry, we want to strike out at someone. When we're anxious or fearful, we want to avoid the situation that's making us afraid. When we're feeling love, affection, we want to, you know, move toward the object of our affection. When we're grateful, we want to give back the goodness. We want to express that gratitude. We want to say thank you. So not having the opportunity to do so. By just having a private component, I think, you know, underestimates its power and its potential. So certainly the expression is a big part of, I think, why gratitude works.
0: Yeah. William James talked about, I remember I just got done, I was reading some William James the other day and he talked about like, you don't want to let your emotions go to waste. (laughs) If you, if you're feeling (laughs) something.
1: They're there for a reason. know they're, they're built in there. They serve an important function.
0: Right. And he says, if you feel something, you don't take action. You're just training your Mind to like not take action whenever you feel that. Well, then, emotion.
1: how how many times do we feel you know a sensory regret, right? I mean, we wished we had thanked that person. Right. We wished we had done that, right? We wish we had written that letter, and now it's too late. And maybe we wish we had expressed gratitude to our to, to that parent or grandparent or or friend or teacher or mentor, and you know, and now they're gone. And so we we don't want to have that unfinished
0: business. Um, what do you think, I mean, this is Thanksgiving week, do you have any gratitude practices you suggest families do together during the holiday season?
1: Right. So, I mean, Thanksgiving, of course, is a great time. I mean, it explicitly draws us to the source of gratitude and sources in our lives, our, our annual gratitude holiday. Of course, it doesn't have to be just Thanksgiving. I've been given this some thought, especially with yesterday or Sunday being Veterans Day. I mean, that's that's a gratitude holiday. Most holidays are actually gratitude holidays when you think about it, right? We're celebrating, we're remembering Mother's Day, Father's Day, right? I mean, the list goes on and on, uh, but gratitude and, and Thanksgiving, of course, go go hand in hand, and it's, it's very valuable just because it, at least for one day, right, no matter how ungrateful or how forgetful we are the rest of the year, at least one day our attention is called toward gratitude, and the key to me, at least, uh, as someone who studies this and Think you should be grateful on, on a daily basis, not just that one day. The other three hundred sixty-four is that you know we shouldn't leave gratitude on the Thanksgiving table, right? It's such a wasted opportunity. And so, I mean, everyone has their own rituals, their own practices, you know. That whether it's the traditional, you know, going around the table and saying. What you're grateful for this Thanksgiving, or just, you know, with I mean, families with, with smaller children will have other rituals that will be more practical and more focused on doing something, right? Whether it's, you know, giving away a gift to someone in the community, whether it's drawing a picture of something that you're grateful for. I think a really useful thing to do within families is to do like a genealogy, like, like a family tree, right? It doesn't have to be that complicated and involved, but I think it's important for people to know where they came from. Right. Who who made them, in a sense, right? Their ancestry. And that can help us go back generations and help us show that, you know, where we are today and who we are today is based on those who came before us. And that can be very you know satisfying and, and helpful within families, especially nowadays where families are so scattered, you know, and you don't know. And my kids don't, you know, uh, their grandparents and on my mom's, on my wife's side, you know, live on the other side of the country my parents are both passed on now so they don't have that so just just knowing that where they came this genealogy can be super important in helping us develop a sense of gratitude and for who we are and where we came from
0: yeah i I've, I've seen studies too that when kids know about their genealogy they're somehow more resilient because they they can see that they're not they're not the reason of their existence like there are other people that came before them yeah. and also they can yeah. they can see the stories you know of their ancestors saying well you know great, great grandpa sailed from Italy to here and he hit on hard times, but through hard work, he got up and then, oh, this hard time happened. And then, but he got over it. So you can see resilience in your own family. And you think, well, if great, great, whatever is able to do that, I'm able to handle my problems.
1: That's excellent. Right. And just seeing that as part of your identity, who you are, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm an Emmons right? I'm a, I'm a Robinson, whoever it is. Right. It's like, it's like, this is what, this is who we are. Right. And so, and, whether it's you know relatives or just how our lives have been made more comfortable by the sacrifice of those who came before us, right? And, and why shouldn't that be also the focus of of Thanksgiving? You see, Thanksgiving and as a, as a time to practice gratitude is simply a chance to focus on. The unseen, the unseen heroes, the unseen people, or processes or forces that gave us the opportunities that we have right now, and all of that ties into, I think, very nicely this particular holiday.
0: Well, Robert, is there some place people can go to learn more about your work?
1: Well, I've written several books, trade books on gratitude that share the science of gratitude, share the practices of gratitude and, and uh, how to get more of it or how, how, to, how do we let gratitude get more of us, which I think is an interesting way to, uh, to approach this, um, this challenge as well. And so, you know, you can go to Amazon, the usual Barnes & Noble, the usual suspects online and check out my first book was called Thanks, How Practicing Gratitude Can Make You Happier. Gratitude Works which was my second book. is a little bit more um, practice-focused. It includes a 21-day challenge for deepening one's level of gratitude with several different practices. And then my last book, which I think my favorite, it's called The Little Book of Gratitude that has a lot of actionable techniques, about 35 specific exercises and practices that a person can engage in to just to practice gratitude to To build this into their lives, so that they can, you know, capitalize on the power and potential of gratitude to heal, to energize, and, and to change their lives. And so, you know, your local bookstore, if you still have one, or uh, online, those three would be the the top uh, picks.
0: Well, Robert, thank you for coming on. This has been an absolute pleasure.
1: Well, the pleasure is mine. Thank you for having me. Happy Thanksgiving to you to your listeners.
0: Happy Thanksgiving to you.
1: <laughs> thank you, Brett.
0: My guest today was Dr. Robert Emmons. He is the author of several books on gratitude, including his latest, The Little Book of Gratitude. All of them are available on Amazon.com. Also, check out our show notes at Aom.is slash gratitude. We can find links to resources, we can delve deeper into this topic. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And if you enjoy the show, you've gotten something out of it. I'd appreciate it if you take one minute to give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. It helps out a lot. And if you've done that already, thank you. Please consider sharing the show with a friend or family member who you think we get something out of it. As always, thank you for your continued support. I really do. I am grateful for your support. And until next time, this is Brett McKay telling you happy Thanksgiving and stay manly.